In this video, I'm going to talk about the Rockets' recent struggles. How did we get here? What can we do to move forward? Tap in right now. Enjoy. The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at the Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. from me. This is something I know. Phase two, phase two was getting ourselves back into the playoffs, learning how to win again, and uh, hopefully soon I won't be up here for anything except to tell you how great it was to win a championship, and uh, that's in phase three. So let's have phase two right now. You've got a, you've got, you had to crawl, and now we're going to walk, and then we're going to run. But but uh, we're all expecting a lot, and uh, I definitely think that. Uh, we have the leadership here between these two gentlemen, Rafe, Ime, and Patrick, uh, who tremendously does a lot, does a lot. So, and uh, so thank you guys. Congratulations, coach, and uh, a happy day for the Rockets. So our Houston Rockets have dropped to 23 and 29, six game below 500. Um, this is not obviously where a lot of the fan base, including myself, expected us to be at this point in the season. Um, because we assumed a lot. We assumed that the Rockets would take strides towards uh, making that push for the play-in that they were looking for. And we haven't seen that. Obviously, you guys have seen the trade deadline. The Rockets did absolutely nothing. The only move we made was getting Steven Adams, who is a nice player, but is going to be coming off a, a knee injury, a year-ending, season-ending knee injury. Um, and by the time he actually probably gets back to form, I don't think it's going to be in October or November of next year, right? A lot of these type of players take a while to ramp up. So you're going to see him minutes restriction. You're going to see no back-to-backs. You're going to see him being kind of uh, getting back into form. A lot of times it takes about a year for that to happen. And he's an expiring contract next year. So the only move we probably made was a salary move, right? And, and the reason that, to me, this is pertinent for us to discuss right now is because the Rockets, at the start of this season, um, they've said some things that, that, to me, set a standard for what they wanted to do this year, right? We saw at the opening press conference with Tillman Fertitta, with Rafael Stone, with, um, with Coach Adoka, when they came in, they set the standard uh, with Tillman saying that this coming season is going to be phase two. And what he expects in phase two is to make the playoffs. And then phase three is when you're contending for championships, right? And it's not something that you just say if you just think that, well, it's kind of really means that we're going to be a lottery team again. So there's a clear distinction between where the Rockets are falling towards right now and what the goals of the ownership at. And I wanted to start at ownership because I feel like that's very important to, to set the table because obviously he is the one that owns the team. So what he wants, it's what's going to happen. Mind you, this is the same Tillman Fertitta that during uh, the tank seasons 
was nowhere to be seen. And we, you know, with the last, you know, last we saw him was yelling, pray for Victor. So I, he is not, you know, I, I can tell that this is not a guy that's happy with losing. Coach Adoka is not a guy that's happy with losing. I'm not sure about Rafael Stone, but I'm sure he doesn't like losing. So all of this just, like I said, I'm setting the table here. Tilma Fertitta is saying that phase two includes making the playoffs. One of the key things that Coach Adoka had pointed out for the team when he came on board was um, assessing the roster. And the biggest things he said they, they needed at this moment in time was shooting and a big man. Awesome. Uh, so now as far as uh, what's coming up ahead, I mean, have you guys already sat down and have any talks as far as what maybe you would like to add to the team with free agency and then the draft coming up? Yeah, that was part of the, obviously, the interview process. And so we start with our guys that we have first and how we can improve them. But the cap space that we mentioned, we like to add some veteran pieces there. Um, shooting is at a premium in an area we struggled this year, so we want to improve that. And then just some contrasting pieces to what we already have, whether it's bigs. Uh, Alperin does some things really well, but we, we'd like to add some different types of bigs uh, shooting on the wings. But we have a ton of talent across the board, and it's my job to utilize that. A different type of big, a different variation of big man from Alperin Shangun. Shooting and a big man. And you know what, coach? You were right, brother. You were right in assessing correctly that this is where the team was lacking, was in the shooting department. Right. And just to prove the point, I'm going to go through some numbers just to show you guys how much the Rockets have actually struggled um, in both of these departments uh, of both shooting and having uh, another type of big man that isn't Alperin Shangun. So what I want to look at right now is the Rockets three point percentage by month. You can see in October, 29.3 percent. We were 27th in the NBA, only three games. So and not really en enough to really make anything out of their figuring out. Uh, November was our best month um, this year, right? When eight and five uh, in that in that month had the ninth best three point shooting team. So this was the outlier for the month. And this is when Dylan Brooks especially was going crazy. Fred had a good good three point shooting. Um, Jalen didn't struggle as much. Uh, Jabari was on the up. So we had that month there. You can see it's reflected in the record. In the month of December, uh, went seven and seven that month, 36.8, so about league average 18th in three point shooting. And then January, the shooting cratered 32.8%, um, dead last in the NBA in three point shooting. Um, so that kind of shows, and currently we're 22nd, so only four games, five games into the month of February. So still pretty much bottom third in shooting in the shooting department, three point shooting department. And this is definitely pointing at what Coach Udoka was saying at the start of the year. So now we're going to look at wide open threes by month. These are uh, wide open threes where the closest defender is only six feet or more away, which is actually a lot. That's like basically a, a practice shot for your team. October, we shot 25% on these shots. So kind of a small sample size, 29th. November, our best month, we're shooting 40.9% on wide open threes, which was eighth in the NBA. December, 37.5% on those shots, 23rd in the NBA, which is bottom third. In January, we were 29th, right? 29th, only, the only team that was worse than us on this was Charlotte. And February, we're 15th. I'm sure it'll normalize to being bottom third as the month goes on. So this is your shooting. So one of the key metrics that you want to look at for this team, and this is kind of obvious on film, is going to be how they defend the rim. And usually for teams that don't have a traditional rim protector um, in their starting five, you want that elite perimeter defense to prevent those attempts 
in the first place and um, and try to shut down other zones on, on the court. But this was an area that the Rockets were actually doing good on for a majority of the season. And in recent times, it's fall off the face of the map. October, you can see three games. We were just bad. That was the Orlando game and things like that. 71%. I also wanted to correlate with Alperen Shangun's uh, field goals defended at the rim. You can see he was at 75%. In November, 59.5% for the Rockets. RP was at 59.1. Just to give you a standard of what um, that ranks amongst the league, the very best, Rudy Gobert, his rim per, uh, field goal uh, percentage at the rim uh, defended is about 52% on the season. About average for most centers in the NBA is between 55 and 59%. So anything between 55 and 59 would be about league average. Anything above 59. So when you get into the 60s, you're getting into being below average. And then anything below 55 is pretty much elite. So you can see for Shangun, October, uh, you know, three games. Eh. You get to November, league average, a little bit slightly, uh, slightly, slightly below. December, the best month he had defending the rim. 58%, but the team still struggled at 62.2%. Um, so you can see that there's a gap there. And then January, 62%. So we're trending to below average. The team is above at 63.9. And then February in just a few games, um, which he got shut down from being hurt. Uh, he looked bad in the past, like six, seven, eight games, right? So it made sense that if he was injured because he wasn't even jumping on any of those attempts. There are plays, he would just stand there with his hands straight up in the air. If you're going to be hurt like that, I mean, he shouldn't have been playing in the first place. But with the Rockets' bad roster, it kind of forces you to have to play guys that are hurt. That kind of circles back to what I was talking about with, you know, what the expectations are for this team. So we've just seen, right, the Rockets are a bad shooting team and they're a team that they can't protect the rim, especially when Shangun isn't playing well. So if he's not playing well on defense, the defense, as far as the rim, goes down. Because you look at some of the other players... Uh, they're not even getting attempts to block the shots. We don't have a lot of guys. I think Shangun gets about eight or nine um, attempts of, of people going to the rim on him. The other players are like two and three per game. So Jabari gets about two or three attempts. You get um, uh, Jeff Green gets about two attempts. So we don't have any other variation of a type of player that, that we need to have a complete team. We don't have a weak side shot blocker. We don't have a second big off the bench that we can play against certain lineups. Um, because while all of this is going on, the Rockets have fielded a top 10 defense for the entire season. So they're defending the three well. They're defending in isolation. If you look at their field goal defended overall for all areas of the court, we're pretty much elite, which, you know, with uh, with Fred Van Vliet and Alperen Shangun being the best um, out of out of the, the team. Um, obviously, Jalen would be the one that struggles the most. Dylan's uh, field, uh, field goal defender overall has really slipped over the year. It started off in the low mid 40s. Now he's up in the in, in the low 50s as far as opponent field goal percentage. Um, so you have all of this. Guys are really progressively getting worse. What this tells me is that there's a lot of fatigue, right? A lot of fatigue. There's fatigue. We had one of the top uh, lineup minutes played in the NBA up until about January till guys started getting hurt. The Jalen Green, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Alperen Shangun, and uh, Jabari Smith Jr. for most of the season was head and shoulders above everybody else in minutes played and possessions played together because we heavily relied on this lineup for the lack of depth that this team had. For the lack of depth that this team have. I'm saying all this. What I'm doing is setting the table to make my case here. We've heard what Tillman had to say. 
we've heard the words of Coach Adoka, Riley identifying the needs of the team. So that is why I am perplexed at the fact that we have reached this point in the season after the deadline and the Rockets made no moves to make any type of adjustments to address the needs from this roster or to even address um, the fact that, you know, we have these glaring holes in our in our play styles. And it's not all just on the front office. Obviously, Emil Doka, his lineups have left a lot on the table. I personally don't think he's maximized uh, the best uh, way to use the current roster that he does have. Right. Yesterday in the Atlanta game, there was a lineup that featured Aaron Holiday, Nate Williams. Uh, it featured Jay Sean Tate. It featured Jabari Smith Jr. And it featured Jeff Green in the year 2024. I thought we were back in a pandemic because that looked like a pandemic lineup. Y'all remember those random lineups from the pandemic that we used to watch that it would just be random dudes that you don't even know, Kyrie Thomas and Ray Spalding and all these random dudes. That That is kind of where my mind went when I was watching that game. And it just kind of makes you think that what is the um, direction of the Rockets organization at this point? Where are they going? Where they currently stand with OKC owning our pick um, for this year, it is top four protected. In order for them to get in the top four, they would have to pretty much just tank every single game for the last 27 or however many games are left. And even in that, as we know, that doesn't guarantee anything. And that would be antithetical to what the state of goals were. If the Rockets tank the season, it would be embarrassing. It would be embarrassing to Tillman Fertitta. It should be embarrassing to Rafael Stone. It should be embarrassing to um, to Emei Udoka as a coach who made the remark that he's never missed the playoffs. Right. It should be embarrassing to the players uh, for some of these guys, for Fred Van Vliet to be a guy brought in here um, to be able to do a serviceable, serviceable job that he's done. They so the, the, tanking is not an option because more than likely what you're going to end up doing is giving a in-conference rival in Oklahoma City another elite prospect or an, another elite asset to be able to trade with. So that's not an option. Another reason that just being all out bad is not an option is because one of the things that we've learned from them during this um, trade deadline is that they valued being uh, cap flexible in order to chase a star this summer. You ask yourself, I'm a star player. What team do I want to go to to compete for rings? Because if it's a real star and not some like Terry Rozier or one of these like guys that's just, that are just chasing a bag, they want to win in a substantive way. So if I'm a team that has hopes of learning a Paul George or or a player that I know wants to win. Why the hell would I be bad? That's really not going to get a guy to say, yeah, I want to go down there and play in the lottery and draft again in the lottery. I want to be down there again and be on the worst shooting team in the NBA. I want to be there and be on a team that, you know, can't defend the rim or we don't. They only have one big man. And if if one of the guys goes down, our season is cooked. Right. I want to be on that team. That's not an option. So losing is not an option. Then it just begs the question again, why not improve this roster? You saw the needs that you had. You saw the team was overperforming. And to me, they were correctly performing. Looking at those records, they went 0-3 in February, 8-5 in November, 7-7 in December, 7-10 in January. So that's not an overperforming team. That's not an overachieving. If they were overachieving to me, they'd be above 500. This is what we expected them to be. At a point in time in the season, they were on pace to win about 44, 45 games. And to me, what we've seen is almost self-sabotage by the Rockets. Is it salvageable? Possibly. I mean, there are some things on the buyout market they could get. 
Um, there are some players out there. Uh, some people have named Chimezi Metu, a guy that was just released. I think he was on the Suns as a possible kind of an alternate big man to bring in. Um, obviously, getting guys healthy, Tari Eason being out, uh, Fred being out, and Alpring being out, that's that's pretty much unsurvivable. So guys coming back is going to be a big, big thing for us. I think the All-Star break is going to be our friend. We have a couple games to the All-Star break comes. It's going to be very important for the Rockets to be able to get guys healthy and bring them back. And then Coach Adoka just has to play smarter lineups, right? Let's avoid all these bad spacing lineups and utilize some of the skill sets of our players. And let's play Cam Whitmore more. Let's get a man Thompson more out there. And let's bench Dylan Brooks if he's acting crazy on the court at certain times. This is a time to have real conversations about this team, right? Because regardless of what they want to do, all they can do to improve their situation right now is win games. Losing is not an option. So you have to put the best product on the court. And that involves playing some guys more, playing some guys less, and just having tough conversations with certain players about their roles on the team. But this is what it's going to have to be going forward. And I expect them to be able to play better after the All-Star break. I don't think that it's in the DNA of any of the guys we brought in to this franchise to quote unquote, just tank the season. I think they're just hurt. I think the roster is bad. I do think that we need to have a conversation about Rafael Stone's future as the GM of this team. And I'm going to keep an eye on that. Now, I'm not a one to call for people's jobs and da, 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 da. But I think that you have to grade people on their performance and what the stated goals are of your of your supervisors and your organization. Tilman Fertitta says he wants to start making the playoffs. He hasn't delivered the roster or made the moves to facilitate that. So I think that conversation is going to be, be had. Y'all know I made a video a while back about, you know, when Steven Silas was still here, about, you know, the length of time that people that are within tanking teams, whether it's a GM or the coach, GMs only get about two years, bro. Like if you're on a team that tanked, that means you've been bottom third for two or more years. Usually after the second year, they get fired. But he's been here, uh, you know, for this is going to be on year four. A lot of pressure is going to go into next year. I don't think that they make a move on the front office this current season. Um, but I do think that, you know, what they put out next season is going to be kind of make or break for for, for this front office. Um, but a bit disappointed in how the season has kind of taken a turn with the injury. Like, and a lot of people say like, oh, they're just injured. Well, every team has injuries. If you're prudent, especially with a young team, you would have over uh, emphasize having depth because you're going to know guys are going to get injured. Guys are going to play bad. They're going to have ups and downs. If your state of goals, what it was, then you should have built a better product, but it just kind of leads back to all the things that we've seen over these past few years with this organization. But y'all let me know, what do y'all think? Do you think the Rockets have a chance to make the play in this year? I'm still going to hold out hope. I think that if we get healthy, I think after the all-star break, you know what I mean? Guys come back, refresh, renewed young guys usually play really well. I see that second break like as a second season for them. So year two, year three, year four for some of our guys coming back off of that break. It's going to be good for them to get their legs under them. Um, then I think they can make a run. The guys just need to get healthy. Coach Doku needs to coach better. Um, hopefully we get a couple of guys in the buyout market to add to some depth. Um, but, you know, if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you like this video, hit the like button. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop and we're going to keep dropping that.